Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. One of the great controversies in Irish sporting history has dominated the World Service this week. Just who was at fault for the opening French goal in the 2-0 World Cup qualifying defeat in Paris in November 1976? Hey, Murph. They told us to just leave it alone. Leave it alone. It was the third rail of Irish journalism, you know? It's like all these old entities being dragged up again. But no, without fear or favour on the World Service, that's how we operate. It started with an email from Paul Hennessy who dredged up an old interview with Johnny Giles from McGill Magazine in 1977. Giles was explaining how photographic... He was explaining his photographic football memory and how he remembers mistakes from matches going back years when the intrepid young interviewer... I don't know what you're talking about. Yep, that guy. Retorted with... Like the one you made in the World Cup qualifying match against France in Paris when you were dispossessed and handed the French a goal. Whoa. Giles disputed Vincent Brown's account of that goal, claiming a teammate's pass dropped short and the French pounce before he had a chance to control it properly. But having watched it back on YouTube, we can now exclusively reveal all these years later that certainly according to the French commentator, well, let's just say he was pinning this one on Gilesy. Giles. Dépossédé du ballon pour Platini, peut-être le but. Ouais, une faute de Giles et un but réussi par Platini qui n'a pas laissé passer l'occasion. Regardez. Regardez bien. Sorry, what what was that? Who was at fault? Une faute de Giles. Il est faute de Giles. Ouh, ouch. I mean, when it's French, that even me and you can understand. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know he's really made a point clear, of it. You know, clear eye there. Yeah, clearly yeah. not a Leeds fan. Sounds like there was something going into that. That French commentator had something. Didn't seem to be a Giles fan. I don't know. There was, yeah. Maybe there was some sort of enmity there. A Sanadian man, perhaps? Did, did Leeds play Sanadian in many of those matches back in the day? Anyway, there was a high-profile retirement from the football world this week. Gareth Bale's later years at Real Madrid may have been a write-off, but Ken had no doubt about how big a player this man was in his prime. Gareth Bale is one of the most amazing players I've ever seen. I used to see him a lot when he played for Tottenham. <laughs> he was just phenomenal partly because that press box at Tottenham the, at the old White Hart Lane was very close to the touchline so I'd often see Bale just galloping past you know you can almost <laughs> hear like the thunder of Bale's hooves as he um, sped past and he was he he is I've, I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen a player who I was so impressed with in terms of their athletic ability I've never seen anyone else who 
quite matched up to Bale in that respect. The way that he would, you know, that, that move of, you know, his, 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 what is, what is Bale's defining move? I mean, players give different things where he, he, to the game. Yeah, well, when he kicked the, kicks a pass the player and runs, well, in one particular case, ran practically into the stand all the way in around. In many cases, around, he used to do that yeah, all the time. That's, that's right. the Bale. Right, that's that's what I will remember as the bail knocking the ball past the player and then curving run off the pitch and back on again ahead of that player. I mean, he did it famously for for Madrid in the cup final in in twenty fourteen, I think. Um, but he used to do that for Tottenham. He he did that on. An, I've seen him do that, and and you're just. I mean, it's amazing. It's mind blowing to see that. And then the shots. Oh my god! Like you know the 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 goals that he would just smash in from. Insane uh, distances. The way he was able to just put the ball in the top corner from anywhere within thirty yards at like have people forgotten power. a lot of that though? Yeah, well, I mean that's yeah, the nature of that's the nature of life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, just to say, just, just to say, it's not like you know he was at Tottenham and then he moved to Real Madrid and was a busted flush, which I, I think people sort of think now. Uh, you know, he 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 had injury problems from the start. It was never a, a clear run in Madrid and obviously the last few years have been a complete nightmare before he went off to the MLS but he, like I said he scored more than 100 goals for them and forgetting about just numbers okay we, we, we keep saying this it's not just about numbers he did score that goal in the Champions League final against Atletico the, effectively the winner mm. the one that put them 2-1 up yeah. that was the decima final right? That was, that's an historic moment and, and yet Ronaldo scored the final penalty and took a, sh- took a shirt off and all that kind of stuff Di Maria, so Maria was the man of the match Di Maria was the one who crossed him the ball yeah. for, the, for the goal and that was you know that, that was another uh, I was at that game as well on the 2014 and he yeah. uh, it was another one where Bale's physicality won the match for Real Madrid because yeah. against a team that was really I mean the way that it had gone as well because it was a it was a late equaliser by Ramos in, in injury time to, where Atletico had been 1-0 up and thinking they were going to win so obviously they are kind of broken a little bit but then they just couldn't handle Bale's uh, power you know, the way that he, he got onto that. I mean, if you remember the header, he was galloping from sort of deep and yeah. Di got down there and he got there and kind of Trevor Francis, uh, Trevor Francis it almost <laughs> into the top corner. But um, also then in 2018, you know, where he came off the bench the and kick. scored that crazy goal um, and then another, uh, you know, just kicked the ball through Carius effectively. Uh, that, yeah, that shouldn't even count, really. No, but you know, I, again, but that that's, <laughs> that game sort of summed up maybe the problem with uh, with his career at Real Madrid because he had already fallen out with him at that stage. Zidane already had told him that he wanted him to go. Um, when he came after the game was was the weirdest. I mean, I've spoken about this before, but it was just so weird. It was also Ronaldo's last game for Madrid, and the way that Bale and Ronaldo both after this what what should be a, a a, a great moment of celebration. All they were doing was angrily complaining about their situations. You know, Ronaldo's like, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm not appreciated enough around here. I might have to go. And, and you're like, could you not be happy for like five minutes? You know, we literally just, we literally, you literally just won the Champions League and you're already kind of talking. You're, you're already in the kind of, what am I, where am I going now? And I'm not getting enough respect. Bale was so, the same. Bale was the same. That's right. Bale, yeah. was, ba- yeah. Bale, Bale was the same. There was no... There was no joy in. I mean, I'm sure he was delighted at the moment he saw the bicycle cake fly in. But, but like, partly because it was like, yeah, like, you know, fuck you, Zidane. You know, leave me on the bench. You know, you know, it was like it was kind of a it was kind of a fuck you to Zidane and the Real Madrid fans. It was like, yeah, I've just won you another Champions League. 
you know, and 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 that's that's kind of the story of his later career with Madrid because obviously Bale was like, well, these guys are trying to throw me out, but like I don't have to go, and I feel disrespected. He just stubbornly dug in his heels, which he was in which he was entitled to do. He was like, well, you, well, you're not going to get rid of me that easy. I'm sorry, you're going to pay me every penny that you owe me, and there's something to admire in that. But also, he lost the last years of his career because of that stance that he took, because of his his sort of pride and refusal to be just manipulated or, or pushed around by Real Madrid, he ended up kind of losing uh, those those final seasons and also becoming kind of a hate figure at Madrid because it wasn't just, I mean, even if fans, there were some fans who would appreciate the, the kind of massive sort of explosive moments that he had given to the team. But most of them also are just listening to the radio every day about how Bale is just a leech, like a giant leech. And then the whole Wales Golf Madrid. But we haven't even mentioned Wales yet. And this is the thing about Bale. He Wales is really is is his real career. I know that he won the five Champions Leagues with Madrid, and or you know was at Madrid when they won five Champions Leagues and was important in some of them and not so important in others. But five, he's got five. It's a crazy, it's an insane achievement, you know. But his real career was with Wales because that was the, that was where it, that was what meant most to him. Obviously, it meant most to him, and he didn't win anything with Wales. But that doesn't matter because. He was for Wales the the greatest superhero anyone had ever seen, a player beyond yeah. the imagination of anyone. When they, you know, when they started going to Wales games, that one day that day they would have like like literally a cartoon character footballer who who just did the the the, the maddest things on the field and obviously carried them to. I mean, Jesus, when I think about it, I was at his. I wasn't at the semi final when he, when they lost, and it was Ronaldo who scored the the goal for Portugal. Um, but I was there for the quarterfinal when they beat Belgium in, like, what was just the peak moment. You know, it's it's kind of people are like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone goes, well, you didn't win the Euros, did you? But like to experience a moment like that, to live, no, to, no, to live no. a match Getting like that, Wales. that's what it's all about. Like, that's really what it's all yeah. about. Getting Wales to a semi-final is the equivalent of winning a tournament. I say that respectfully, you know, as like, it would be the same with us. Mm. You know, if somebody came along like that and got us to a semi-final of a European Championships, I don't think you could be you could be saying, "Oh, they didn't go on and win." And to destroy Belgium the way that they did, I mean, that was. I mean, Bale. I don't think he scored in that game. Did he? It was it was uh, Volks. Uh, Volks scored the third. Uh, Robson Canu scored a very memorable goal. Oh yeah, the, the turn and shot. Yeah, and I can't remember Ashley Williams maybe. Um, and the Belgium Bel- Belgium had taken the lead. Nangalan, uh, another player whose career was to fade out in a different way from Bale's. Um, so he was was he thrown out of his club for vaping or something recently? Ashley Williams he loves a bit of vaping. You got it right. Ashley Williams opened the scoring. Hal Robson Canu. Yeah, that was that was the famous goal. Opened the scoring. He equalised, and then yeah, Robson Canu and Sam Volk. <sighs> Volks the vinegar strokes um, at the end. So. Uh, I mean, okay, that was. I mean, he'd all, he'd already scored for England, and they ended up losing that. Uh, sorry, not for England, against England. Obviously, uh, the one where Joe Hart spilled it into the corner. Although England ended up winning that group game, but you know, this is this is what it's all about. And then, like all of those qualifiers that way. I mean, Wales had to qualify for these tournaments, and the reason that they qualified was Bale, um, like an unanswerable weapon that um, you know just took them past so many teams. So. That's really what what his career was about, and obviously, um, it was summed up in that banner that annoyed Madrid so much, um, the Wales Golf Madrid thing. But that's that's kind of just how he saw. It. And now, obviously, the World, the World Cup finished, and it didn't really happen for Wales. Although, remember that even in that, Bale was about to score from the halfway line, 
and he was pulled down by remember um which was it the it wasn't the iraq was it the usa game and uh and there were you know the goalkeepers out of position bale was bale was about to pull the trigger and someone just pulled him down and because it was so far from goal it wasn't a red card but it should have been um you know imagine that goes in things could have been Things were different. Although Bale, at this point, had kind of the injuries had had got him. Basically, he all he could do was really yeah, well, all no, he could I do mean, was I'm kick the ball yeah. really hard. His last career was a bit was more. His last major tournament was more than underwhelming. But I think, like you're saying, he had done his bit for Wales yeah. by that point. You know, so, and, to be fair. Yeah. So, so if you're Welsh, I mean, do you think any Welsh person uh, considers that Gareth Bale maybe wasn't a great player? I mean, obviously at Madrid, everyone will be like, well, that guy, you know, he kind of. He went off the rails, you know, because he he so clearly lost his his interest, his passion for what he was doing. It's really visible, you know, when that happens. I'm sticking around, getting paid like thirty million a year or whatever. Again, he was he was totally entitled. You know, he didn't he didn't write the contract that Real Madrid uh, awarded him. You know what I mean? They, they gave it to him, and then decided they made a mistake. Well, sorry, you know, you you bought it, you own it. It's like you said earlier, I mean, these things get forgotten. I mean, footballers just get forgotten immediately because there's always just more. It's just Every week there's more. And it's everyone's, everyone's excited about the present moment. So Bale is like any other player in that, in that way, except if you're Welsh, in which case he is immortal. Immortal, Murph. Praise does not get any higher than that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I thought he laid it out pretty well. Uh, he, he made a pretty compelling argument for Gareth Bale as an immortal. Um I mean, a compelling case for somebody as an immortal. I mean, do you believe in immortality? Well, on, <laughs> These are the, deeper questions that I didn't intend to be getting into. In the memory and the legacy, yeah. is, you know, we're, sure. we're not talking well, about that's true. you know, like corp- corporeal immortality, no. football I mean, he, immortality. Eventually, Gareth Bale will die. Mm. He will die. On mm. uh, he will go the way of all flesh. But those memories, <laughs> well, they may last forever, or at least as long as YouTube is available. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's playoff time in the NFL this month, which means loads of US Murph over the next few weeks. The story of the season so far has undoubtedly been the recovery of the Buffalo Bills player Tamar Hamlin from the cardiac arrest he suffered on the field last week. And and just becoming just this runaway train story of 2023, um, meshing right when the Buffalo Bills launched their run a quite likely chance of a Super Bowl playing out against this DeMar Hamlin story. Guys, the T-shirts that are for sale that his team put together that I think Owen and I talked about this 
last week, I think, or I, the days run together, but that when he came to, mm-hmm. the first thing that he wrote on a note, this is before he could speak, was, did we win? And that was like, that line now has become, you know, uh, almost, an, almost an instant classic in U.S. sports, you know, did we win? Was that the first thing he wrote? And then, of course, the almost over-the-top rea- uh, response from the doctors, those cinematic they wrote down on the notepad, yes, Damar, you won at the game of life. And like there wasn't a dry eye coast to coast, right? Or in the, around the world, really. I mean, who were following this story in Ireland, too. Mm. But now they actually have shirts that say, did we win with the, the, the image of Damar making the sign of the heart with his hands, which is what he made to the Buffalo Bills when he was uh, zoomed into the team meeting before their, their season finale against the New England Patriots. Now, he still wasn't really talking that much, although now apparently, as we speak right now, he's speaking better and better. Um, but at the time, he mustered out a love you boys, and people are just like, I mean, the movie scenes are just coming one after another, whether it's, you know, did we win on a notepad or making the heart and saying love you boys to the team right up to kickoff against the New England Patriots. And I'm sure most people know by now, but we can't even believe that the opening kickoff in a stadium charged with emotion and and cheers and three jerseys and three signs for his number, his jersey number, that the opening kickoff gets taken back for a touchdown by Naheem Hines. And, and we had Jim Nance on our show today, and he said as, as Hines kind of ran down the 30, the 20, he said the only thing he could say is, this is storybook. This is for DeMar, is what he said. And now an iconic call. And, you know, so everything's set up. Low, woe be the team that has to play the Buffalo Bills in January. The Miami Dolphins draw that assignment. Not only is it in Buffalo where it should be gnarly January weather, but you're going up against what appears to be supernatural forces. Right. And so you were speaking to Jim Nance because I actually read a piece with Jim Nance on The Athletic uh, just earlier today. Uh, talking about just how difficult it was to try and get the tone right as the he was thinking about it all week obviously and uh while Hamlin's uh condition was you know uh up in the air he was obviously dealing with a lot of stuff in his own head about you know how do you how do you put football in you know in perspective when this guy's gravely ill and then all of a sudden his condition improves uh and then he's live tweeting the game and then that that opening play happens. I mean, I can't think of a more electrifying NFL moment in the last 10 or 15 years. I mean, it. Like, I was tuned in 15 minutes before the game kicked off because I knew it was going to be unbelievably charged atmosphere, unbelievably emotional. And then for that to happen, it was just absolutely, it was a crazy, crazy thing to watch live, even over here. And... and- it happened again. He returned a second one for a touchdown. And then you heard after, which is insane. Like, I mean, you know, the Irish, you guys have such great NFL fans who listen. They know that returning a kickoff for a touchdown is, it's not, you know, it's not unheard of, but it's unusual. It only happens a handful of times a year. But for it to happen twice in one game and for it to happen, you know, in the DeMar Hamlin game, you know, because actually the kind of the, Kind of the, the the other subplot of this story was that the New England Patriots weren't messing around. They actually played one of their best games of the year and sort of made it a very competitive game. But like we said, ultimately you just knew somehow, some way that the Bills were going to win the game. A, they're a better team, but B, they were playing for something larger than themselves. And and now Josh Allen, you know, the great quarterback of the Bills, he's been a real spokesperson throughout this whole thing. And that you know, you start to you know, people at times like this. This happens in life in general. I know 
This happens to people when you suffer something, a loss or some sort of grief, people coping with stress or traumatic events. Sometimes you quote unquote, look for signs. Now, I don't know. This is just sort of a human coping mechanism. You know, I don't know if you truly believe in these things. Some people do. Some people just talk about it because it's interesting or some people want to believe in something, you know, because it helps them. But uh, that that they said it was three years and three months since the last time a Bill had taken a kick for a touchdown. And Josh Allen, when he was told that in the postgame, because the number three for DeMar Hamlin, is not, he, he choked up again, all over again. This is a young man, young 26-year-old man, you know, doesn't walk around crying all the time. But he choked up again saying he thinks there's just something going on. And again, like, you know, there's coincidences in the world, and I'm not saying that supernatural forces exist, but as there, there, there is a Jim, there is a Jim Carrey movie about that exact topic, uh, right? the number twenty three. Oh yeah, yeah, but like it's just kind of showing up in strange places and all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, again, I think that's kind of just a human coping mechanism. I'm not necessarily a true believer in all these supernatural forces, but I do believe that's that when people play for something larger than themselves, that special things can happen for sure. I definitely believe that. And that's what happens in sports sometimes, you know, that, um, you know, but then, you know, sometimes it comes down to the X's and O's guys. And, you know, like, uh, can the Buffalo Bills be a better football team? Then I think there's little doubt that in a matchup against the Miami Dolphins, no, the Dolphins are really good, but they have a serious quarterback problem. Tua Tagovailoa is battling major concussion issues. Uh, As of now, we don't know if he's playing Sunday. I would lean towards thinking he's not playing Sunday because he's, He's had really a tough time with concussions. It, it seems crazy that that he would, Brian. He's had a number of them this yeah, season. Yeah, but but see, let, let, m- 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 most of what I read is just let's all do the sensible thing here, err on the side of caution, and just give the guy a break from having his head. It really him. seems if you've watched if you watched his last game when he was playing the fourth quarter, and he threw, I believe three, I think it was three interceptions, at least two, maybe three interceptions in the fourth quarter alone. And it turned out he was playing, you know, with a recurrent concussion. It was like it made sense because he looked terrible. And now you find out he shouldn't even be out there. So I can't imagine that just two weeks later he'd be ready to go. But again, you know, it comes down to football at a certain point. But the Buffalo Bills are in, in great position to do that. Jim Nance was uh, to win, I mean, and move on to what is an anticipated AFC championship game, which guys would be at if they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, would be at a neutral site. That is the really, really unusual thing that came out of this whole thing. Was you know how do you solve the fact that because the Bills Bengals game was postponed because of Demar Hamlin essentially dying on the field then getting resuscitated back to life they couldn't keep playing that game obviously and so um, mm. the what do you do because they played an uneven number of games so who has the better record who gets home field because had the Bills won that game they would be the number one seed but they didn't get to play that game so they have one fewer win than the Chiefs so the compromise that was reached was that if the Chiefs play the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs will get the one seed because they had one more win, but the game will not be in Kansas City, which is a huge deal because Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City is a major home field advantage. Although the Chiefs have lost a couple championship games there, believe it or not. Uh, Tom Brady got them there. But um, they will play at a neutral site. Now, Jim Nance said to us, he said, because we were talking about the movie, you know, did we win? Uh, love you, boys. Uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. And he said, the movie's not done. He said he AFC Championship, the, the team always has a representative hand the trophy to the owner, and he said he's already envisioned in his mind Demar Hamlin making his first you know appearance with the team 
to hand them the championship trophy. You know, that's 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 out there, guys. That's a very real possibility. The movie is being filmed as we speak. It's, wow. it's we, we're in we're in production. Yeah, we actually we, we were setting our ambitions way too low on because we were talking beforehand about how the America's Game documentary was just going to be like way too much. It was it was going to be <laughs> off the charts. But of course, Hollywood are going to get their goal before even America's Game is out. I'd say yeah, at, the, at this rate of going. Can I say? Can I ask? Brian, can I ask about Nance, just because you've mentioned him a couple of times there, did, did he, was it a very unique experience for him, a, yes. a broadcaster as experienced as he is in, in numerous sports over the well, years? Well, Jim's a very emotional guy. He's a really good friend of ours. He's like one of our, we, we have a really good relationship with him, so he comes on a lot. And he, so he speaks very candidly with us a lot, and he's a very emotional guy. I mean, if you know that about him, some would, you know, some almost, some people, some of his critics would say, he's, you know, he's too emotional, too Sap, some would say sappy or something, but I love, you know, he's knowing him as well as I do. He's none of it's phony. He's just one of these guys. He's sort of like, and I say this out of love and respect, if he listens to this or hears this, but he's sort of like Mr. Rogers, the old PBS character in America, mm. you know, no, won't you be my neighbor? You know, like, and, and Mr. Rogers, if you saw any of those movies, like the documentary on him or the Tom Hanks movie, like it was all real with Fred Rogers. I mean, he was like, I don't know how if he resonated over in Ireland, but he was the children's host in America in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, who was maybe like the most the nicest guy in the history of the world who would run his little television show for children. And he just everything about him was just insanely sweet and upbeat and optimistic and and loving. And that's kind of Nance, believe it or not. He's kind of like Mr. Rogers. And uh and so he was very emotional about the game. And he said that given everything, you know, given that it was all unfolding in their eyes and they didn't know how DeMar's case was day to day and then how as each day approached, some more good news came. And then when he zoomed in on the team and said, love you boys and made the heart with his hands that they're now selling on the shirt. And oh, by the way, if you buy the shirt, which I did, by the way, uh, the, the money goes to the University of Cincinnati uh, Trauma Center to the, to be people, the people who saved his life. So, I mean, it's like it just continues, right? <laughs> it's amazing. So, um he said that he had never been in in an environment as emotionally charged as that. Now, this is a guy – I'm trying to think. I think he did the – did he do the Super Bowl? The, the Super Bowl that uh, – 9-11 Super Bowl was very emotional. Your your favorite band and mine, you 2 mm-hmm. played – Remember, play, <laughs> certainly yeah. yours. <laughs> do you, you know, for, I know, I know the new generation you know, has turned their back on you 2 and all that. But guys, the their Super Bowl halftime show on 9-11 year – that couple months was one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic Super Bowl halftime ever. If you remember, they played Where the Streets Have No Name and rolled all the names of every victim yeah. on that screen. Yeah. And it yeah, was, I remember and that. then Bono, Bono had the US flag inside his leather jacket. Remember that? And I mean, that one, I mean, that was wow. That was for America that was still extremely wounded and raw. That was pretty special. I think. Nance did that game, CBS? I might be wrong on that, though. So I'm thinking that's the only other thing that was sort of compared in terms of an external emotion at play other than the game. You know, like his games can be really mm. dramatic. and mm. But th- I'm talking about something outside of a game coming into play. I mean, I'm not, you know. So he just said that it was for him given the um, – Given everything, and also, guys, you know, you know what plays a role in all this is the city of Buffalo. If this was in Dallas or even San Francisco, or it wouldn't be the same. L.A., New York, it wouldn't be the same. Buff, there's certain cities in the NFL that are different. 
and that make kind of the NFL great. Obviously, Green Bay comes to mind. Such an unusual place to have an NFL franchise and such a small town. And that's what kind of is so great about the NFL is that their revenue sharing system allows the Green Bay Packers to have as much money as the New York Giants, you know? And so so that's what the NFL's figured out the money. So you have teams in Green Bay. But I would say Green Bay, Buffalo, maybe Pittsburgh I'd throw on there, but it's a little bigger city. Buffalo being the city that this is happening in plays a role. They are um, amazing fans. I would pay them the highest compliment by saying that they remind me of, of great Irish sports fans because I think you guys are – among the best sports fans that I've seen. When you guys go on the international stage, you guys bring it. The Irish fans tend to really bring it, make their presence felt. And, te- and, and tell everyone here. <laughs> we, we've become a little bit too self-aware oh, over the no. years. But I just, just to add to your, your Buffalo point, they've obviously, and something we didn't touch on last week, I don't think, they've obviously had this horrific winter there as well. They've had these storms. A lot of people have lost their lives and their, their properties and, guys, and livelihoods. And if you, if you want to keep talking about that sociological stuff, I mean, the, they had that, they had the horrible grocery store shooting in May. Remember that? The the, the mass yeah, shooting yeah, there. Yeah. That has been mentioned by more than one Buffalo commenter that the city of Buffalo is hurting, you know? It was hurting from that, and it was hurting from the blizzard, and now they get this. So that it's there is pretty amazing. That's maybe the only regret that we wouldn't get an AFC championship in Buffalo, but I guarantee you if they're – whatever neutral site it is, and they would have to win two games to get there – but they would host two games, and I would like their chances because they're a very good team. Whatever neutral site they play at, and I don't think it's been picked yet. Uh, I think Indianapolis said no because they had like a youth volleyball tournament or something, and Detroit said no because they had like some turf change. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I'm thinking Atlanta. It's a good East Coast indoor stadium that I got to imagine they're going to play it indoors. But anyway, whatever neutral site they pick. Buffalo fans will be there in force. They call them the Bills Mafia. They're kind of famous for being really aggressive and sort of quasi-violent tailgaters who famously, their signature move is to jump off of a truck or a car onto a folding table and smash the table in two. It's a little, uh, it's a little uh, WWE, you know, it's a little like, <laughs> and so, but that's, that's their identity thinking, and yeah. they all go crazy and they're cold and they're freezing. And so for, for this to happen to this fan base, has definitely played a role in the emotion because they are they are more connected to their team than the average city. Sounds like the Buffalo Bills fans are the kind of people I like to think about. I like to admire in yeah, theory from afar, more than from I might have actually road. met these people. I, I'd like to watch <laughs> yeah, these guys yeah. on TV. That's I fine, think you guys me. would actually love them. I got to say, Western <laughs> yeah. New York, I mean, that's some good people, salt of the earth. It's almost Midwestern in a way. Um, you know, they're they're really they combine sort of. A little bit of New York insanity with Midwestern wholesomeness. And uh, and thus, not to mention, guys, that as a franchise, they have this sort of tragic history of making four straight Super Bowls and losing them all. And, you know, that, if anything, that's made them so sympathetic because those were amazing Bills teams, those Jim Kelly Buffalo Bills teams. And we've talked about, I think, in the past about that great 30 for 30 called Four Falls in Buffalo. And it's about the the four straight Super Bowl losses. But that team, the Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, great players, amazing players. And the wonderful coach, Marv Levy, who's almost like one of the more like sort of beloved American pro sports coaches just this wonderful, old, almost like a John Wooden figure, like would read literature and poetry and very non-NFL type of guy. And and they just couldn't win one. And so they've never won a Super Bowl. So imagine. 
imagine this being their first ever, you know, that would just. <laughs> what do you reckon, Murph, about the Bills? Are they going to go all the way? They look pretty good. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, Josh Allen is a really, really, really electrifying uh, football player. He wants to stop throwing all those interceptions, though, on. Um, well, he's too you know, busy, like as I said there, like Jim Carrey, seeing th- these numbers, these patterns everywhere as he's going. In his case, yeah. the number three, he's just seeing it everywhere. So it's probably he confusing just, him Rather slightly. than looking at the numbers, look at the colour of the jersey <laughs> of the person he's throwing the ball at. And just make sure that when he looks down at his own jersey, the person he's throwing to is wearing the same colour as him. <laughs> That's a big thing for me, Owen. He's yeah. throwing a lot of interceptions. He is, he is a seriously, seriously good quarterback. If I was a Buffalo Bills fan, I'd be like, if we could just take the tight lip that interception number, just tighten it up a little on. That's what I'd be all about. Secondcaptains.com, five or a month plus fat to hear all our podcasts this week in full. And of course, the Second Captains Pod is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.